Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer, and I am delighted and elated to come before you on this day. It has been a while. It's been months since I have been on this platform, but I thank and praise God for the opportunity to come and share a piece of my heart and share with you what thus saith the Lord. God is a good God. And he is worthy to be praised. I thank and praise God this morning uh, as I sit here and I deliver this message that I believe is going to bring forth breakthrough. I thank and honor God today for my life, my health, my strength. I thank him for the faculties of my mind. I thank him for giving me an opportunity to come and just deliver a word. To his people, people who are struggling, people who are bogged down, people who are ready for release. I celebrate God today for he is great. He is a great and mighty God. He is a God who loves his people. He loves his children. And I love you too. (laughs) Let's get into the word. Today we are going to talk about holiness, holiness, holiness. It's still right. (laughs) It's still right anyhow. So we're going to talk about it. I pray that I can get into the text and I pray I can get into the word and do a good job. But I just wanted to share with you today, we are going to talk about holiness. Is it still relevant? Does God still desire for us to be righteous in a world that is full and filled with so much evil? What does God say in this season and in this hour? Has he changed his mind? Has he given us permission to go and pursue our own desires and our own happiness? You all know the answer. But let me back it up with the word. Amen. All right. So let's get into the word. I pray that you continue along this journey with me. Amen. Love you so much. Let's get started. All right, saints, let's get to it. Holiness. Is it still the standard? Is it still the standard? Let's talk about it. Father God, we just thank and praise you this morning for another opportunity to come before your throne to ask, Lord Jesus, that you will be with us today. Father God, as I begin to minister your word to your people, I ask that you will hide me. Hide me, Jesus, that they will see you (laughs) and you alone. Let your power of your Holy Ghost prevail. Oh, Father God, we need your power. We need your power as we walk in authority in your will. We need your power. We need your power to talk right, to act right, to live right. Father God, we're so tired and sick and tired of rhetoric and words that have no meaning. Father God, we need you to bring forth change, bring forth change in our lives. We love you. Oh my God, how we love you, how we adore you because you are great. 
great and you are greatly to be praised. Now, Father God, our goal and objective in life is to please you, my God. Increase our faith, Lord God, that we will trust you in every situation that we endure. Father God, help us to use the instruction that you are giving us through this message, Lord God, to live a more empowered life, to enhance the quality of our lives. My God, my God, you are such a great God. You are an awesome God. You are righteous and holy in all your ways. And we thank you for your righteousness. We thank you for your holiness. We thank you that you have given us an example of who you are and an example of how to walk out (laughs) your will. For we know and acknowledge that our ways are not your ways. Our thoughts are not your thoughts. Oh, Father God, but you gave us your Holy Spirit to help bridge the gap. And Father God, help us to be led by your Spirit. Help us, Lord God, to be led by your power. Oh, we thank you for the blood that was shed on our behalf. And we celebrate you today. Now, Father God, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you will use my mouth as an instrument of your will. Use it as a tool, Lord God, to deliver a word to your people. Father God, have your way and let your perfect will be done in my life and in the lives of those surrounding me. Oh, Father God, be with us. Be with us. We need a word from the Lord. We need a word, hallelujah, that will change our lives, that we shall never be the same again. (laughs) Oh my God, my God, I surrender all to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, you all, we're going to get into the word today. We're going to see what is God saying in this season and in this hour of our lives. My God, my God, holiness, is it still the standard. Is it still the standard? Now, let me just share a few facts with you all. As I have shared um, in my podcast previously, we are working at our first, our very first church plant. We are launching. I'm praying in August. I've been a little behind. I'm telling you, uh, prophetess means well, but God said, you better get up and and do what what I've called you to do. When I tell you the enemy is doing everything he can to distract and, and destroy what God has uh, commission to be done in this season. Um, but nonetheless, we are starting this ministry in our local area. And I am praying that God will continue to send help. I have a crew. I got a crew. <laughs> we had our first meeting uh, before I had to go out of town on some business. And uh, and I'm going to talk about that too, because y'all won't believe <laughs> what profit has experienced. But anyway, I had to go out of town on some business, so it kind of shifted some things. Uh, but I am back. I am back, and we about to get busy. We about to get busy and uh, planning the church and the construct of the church, the, the structure, the organization God has given me uh, that we will have weekly prayer, weekly prayer on Tuesday nights, 
Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. We will be in prayer again at Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. And we're going to break down the anatomy of that name and everything that it represents. God will allow this ministry to manifest in the earth, in our community, in our families, in our homes. We will be who God has called us to be. So Tuesday night's prayer at 7 p.m., Thursday night's um, Bible study, and God has given me <clears throat> access to a wonderful, wonderful foundational uh, learning um, um, of the chronological Bible. So we're going to start there and just build the foundation. I pray that God will allow this ministry and we may not see it now, (laughs) but years to come, there will be those who will benefit from the foundation that God is laying uh, in this ministry. Even now, should Jesus delay is coming. We need some authenticity. There's too much apostasy in the church. Everybody is turning them back on the gospel. Everybody is turning their back on what they see, what they know that they know that they know because of the trials and tribulations of this world. We just get uh, to the point where we're just like, okay, is this thing real? <laughs> tap, tap, tap. Uh, is it on? Is this thing real? What God is, has given us in his word. And we just turn away from it. And, and um, the level of biblical literacy in the church is so low. I'm telling you, so many of us are biblically illiterate. That's why we fall for anything. We stand for anything and we don't have a firm foundation. Well, God sent me to turn that around, to change that. So so we're going to be having a Bible study on, on Thursday nights. And God spoke into my spirit when he initially gave me charge uh, for the responsibility of covering this ministry. He gave me the day of Saturday uh, as our day of worship. So we're going to have a worship service and, and God has pressed upon my heart to start a series uh, going through uh, the, the, the path of the biblical foundation of how the church was founded. Uh, uh, so I, I've got a bunch of tools and, and things to, to break that down. And listen, listen, listen. I tell you one thing about prophetess. I don't proclaim to be a theologian or a scholar, but I do know I love the Lord and I hear clearly <laughs> from him. So we're going to get into this study. And as I journey through it, we're going to learn together. We are going to learn together. And I tell you, miracles, signs, and wonders will follow us all the days of our lives. Amen. As we continue to be obedient to God's will. And if there's an area or a subject that I'm unfamiliar with, we're going to trust God. We're going to trust God to send the knowledge that we need, whether it be by way of God increasing my understanding or we get somebody to come in and help us to learn. But nonetheless, nonetheless, God has commissioned us to do this work in this season. And we are going to see the immediate manifestation of his glory. All right, so we're going to talk today about holiness. Holiness, holiness. Is it still 
God's standard. Is it still God's standard? Has he changed his mind? I share with you all that I have been, uh, I, I, I've been a little busy over these last um, few months. My mom uh, transitioned into her eternal space, <laughs> her forever home. Uh, she transitioned in January of this year, January 19th. We are two days away from her four-month month anniversary uh, in in with our Christ, our Savior, our Lord. I believe to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So she is in his presence. And every time I get into his presence, I am right there with her. So I think and praise God. And, and so having to grieve the loss of my mother, and as much as I know uh, uh, spiritually, naturally, you know, physically, she's not here. As much as I understand that, the grieving process has been tremendous. It has been so uh, um, waiting on 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 my on my mind, my body. You know, it's just been a, a tremendous experience. But I yet trust. God. I trust God. I, I process through the emotions uh, when I have them. At first, I tried to suppress them, but now I process through them, and I thank God. I thank God. Baby, when I tell you, sometimes I look in the mirror, and I see her face, and I thank God I ain't never sliced up my face to change how I look, because sometimes, you know, prophetess, I'd be like, girl, what's going on? You know, but my mother was so beautiful, and I thank God that her beauty, her beauty traits were passed on to me. I, I say something different about my dad, <laughs> but my mother, when I look in the mirror, oh my God, I can see the beauty of my mother, and I thank God for that. I celebrate him uh, as it brings a smile on my face. But nonetheless, going through the grieving process, uh, work has, has, has increased on the job. Uh, the program I'm on uh, has has become intense, and, and more work has been dedicated towards, you know, getting us uh, to a successful place. So, so my time has been preoccupied there, and... Um, them folk gave me a promotion. Now y'all know, I was I was a little a little what the kids say, uh, scap or something. I don't know. I'm probably using a word wrong, but but um, when I came to this uh, organization and to this group, some things had happened prior that you know wasn't right. Some things that I endured, some promises that were made, and and they didn't handle things appropriately. And so when they did that, I said, y'all can't, <laughs> y'all can't promote me no how, you know, my promotion comes from above. And so, um, I took that stance and I was very clear with them that I had that stance. And, and, um, but nonetheless, uh, when we got to this, this point and, and, and this state in point, uh, they offered me and, um, um, promotion and with that promotion a slight increase uh and and I just felt like okay you know all right God I'm, I'm not gonna rebel against your will you know because I can do more 
from the capacity that I'm that they're moving me to that I can do where I am today. So um, just continue to pray for me. Continue to pray because as God elevates you, y'all know it be them little foxes, them little demons, them little wolves that come to try to eat at, eat at and eat away. You know what God is doing. Why do people hate so much? I just, that irritates me. And everybody got to have a front row seat. I was reflecting one day. I said, why do people want to make a lie out of everything I say? When they see that God is prospering me, they want to be the ones to come back. I I told you so. I knew she was this and that. Uh, You ain't seen her family. You got to look. Oh, she tried to make it seem like they this and that. I'm like, what? That ain't even remotely who I am. But people, especially those who are closer and closest to you, that should be celebrating what God is doing. Because I guarantee you, I celebrate everybody. And I'm grateful when I see God doing a great work. But when I tell you folk can get so envious of what God does in your life that they try to drag your name through the mud and try to uh, uh, poke at your armor. They want to see the kinks in your armor. But baby, when I tell you, continue to be grateful, God. Continue to be grateful, God. I remember, and this is very difficult for me uh, to, to kind of process through or talk through because the, the times when things happen, um, the attacks that I go through when they're closer, when they're closer with family members and people that I love, it's hard for me to talk about. But God said, in this season, you got to expose the enemy. You cannot continue playing with this demon because he will torment and torture you and continue to torment and torture your loved ones if you keep playing like it ain't happening. <laughs> you want you want to gaslight the enemy? He got something for you. He got the match to set that thing on fire. We keep playing like he ain't doing what he's doing. Uh uh-uh, uh, you better address it. You better handle it. But as my mom was going into her last days, as she was going into her last days, um, I was trying to create an atmosphere where she can be comfortable. And not just comfortable, I was trying to save her life. In my mind, I knew that God was going to turn this situation around. So I was trying to save her life, but I could not be there physically uh, to be with my mother. One, I didn't want to be there because I feel there's so much dysfunction in my family. And oftentimes I become the object of their attacks. It doesn't matter what. I become the object of their attacks. They'll all gang up and collude and all of that and turn around and act like they didn't do it. Uh-uh. I remember, and and I was in such an emotional state. I ain't there no more. <laughs> but I was in such an emotional state that it almost got me to the point I started believing the lies. You know, when the enemy came, I started believing the lies that people were told after suffering many, many years of abuse, many years of bullying, abuse, you know, colluding and, and, and ganging up and all of this stuff. And I turn around and um, I remember having a conversation with someone and they said, well, I love you. I love you. 
I, this has never been the thing. I never knew that you felt like you were the outsider. I never knew. And initially, it t- I'm t- when I tell you it tugged at my heart because it hit a place in a space that I needed to hear that. I needed to feel that. I needed to feel like, oh, somebody understands. Somebody cares for me. Somebody loves me. But after I was able to pull out of the emotion of watching and the trauma of losing my mother, I'm not going to say I got offended, but I was like, well, what? hold on. <laughs> you going to just act like the, the last 20, 30 years of my life with you never happened? It was all in my head. You know, don't gaslight me. Don't gaslight me. You know the things that you all have done, the things that you have allowed or permitted, the conversations that you uh, uh, participated in. And uh, and allow, but nonetheless, I don't I don't charge it to them in the sense that I'm angry with them. Now my flesh get hurt, but I still love them. I just have to love them from a uh, safe, safe distance. Because again, because of who I am in Christ, they don't even know it. I will be always be the target. And the object of your aggression, so long as your life ain't lining up with him. I said it, I meant it, and I won't take it back. I will continue. So I have to protect myself, especially because of what God is calling me to. But what was the point I was making? The point I was making was during the time that my mom uh, was entering into her last you know, days and, and her uh, period of sunset, uh, I had decided, I said, well, I can't be there, you know, and I don't want to be in a bunch of mess. I don't want to be the cause of mess because, look, I'm, I'm talking about others. But believe you me, when I get in that environment, that dysfunction, it does something. I got a lot of triggers and I get myself caught up. And, and sometimes I got to take a whiff and say, you stink too. <laughs> you got to clean this mess up and, and stop behaving this way. But anyway, for whatever reason. I'm here in Ohio. She's there in in Michigan. And so I decided that I wanted to um, have someone there uh, to care for her. And I had had made arrangements through my job to find uh, an agency that would help her. And I'm telling you, we went through quite a few. But I felt, I felt in my heart that people were trying to sabotage the experience. They were trying to sabotage in the sense that, well, hey, this Don, Don is doing this and, and I'm not going to contribute. I'm not going to, you know, make sure that, that mama is straight through these people because this is Don doing it. And I mean, somebody even had the nerve to say it slipped up out of their mouth when they said, I said, mm-hmm, see, I knew that demon was functioning and operating. But what it did was it caused, uh, you know, greater suffering. And I'm not there physically. So this thing that I was doing out of obedience to the Holy Spirit, but in addition to that, to improve the quality of her living towards the end became a tool. Can you believe it? Became a tool for people to use. And when I started hearing what people were saying, and I'm not... You know, I I let flesh take over and offense take root. When I started hearing 
what people were saying and 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 checking in and seeing what people were doing, I said, oh, oh my God. But it is the reality of people, even especially those who are closest to you, will do what they can because see, they can't get beyond the the hatred. Or, or the barrier of the lies that the enemy has, has made them believe about you, that they can't get beyond that. So what they do, they sit up and gossip about you. They sit up and talk about you. And if the, <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit, I got to be careful and walk easy. But they, they sit up and they allow the enemy to use them in such a way in such a way that it becomes counterproductive, counterproductive to the end goal, to meeting the end goal. Now, I'm not saying that my contribution uh, to to uh, my mom's last days was e- either any better or any worse than anybody else. I'm not saying that. I'm just talking one specific um, um, situation and one specific area. So anyway, this was this was something that I endured during that time. And I'm telling you, the enemy was trying so hard to uh, just break me apart. And it, and it hurt my heart because it was coming from so many directions that I said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> this demon is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wasn't playing fair. I know I share with you all, I was just, I was so uh, taken aback just by those who the enemy was using to come against me. And I'm telling you, I just had to look at that thing and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me because I put myself into a situation where I allowed myself to sink to a level that I had no business going. And what I learned through that experience is that when you collude with the enemy, you hear what I'm saying? When you collude with those demonic spirits that you know are not God, such as including and 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 what they say uh and not limited to gossiping and and you know pulling people down and putting people down when you get in the midst of that and God is calling you to raise you higher than that I'm telling you y'all get ready to get your little feelings hurt because prophet I said wait a minute I I looked I said why is this happening with this individual you know I thought we was cool you you was my ace, you know, and I had to turn around. I said, it's because of me. I had no business, no business taking the relationship to that level. Y'all hear me, hear what I'm saying to you. We have to live holy. We have to lo- walk upright. We have to live righteously. Because otherwise, the enemy will devour you from the inside out. He already using folk around you. He's already using those who are closest to you to tear you down and tear you apart. And think about it. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? 
And you expect people to be in control when they are out of control. The only time that you are in control is when you allow and surrender complete control to Christ Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. You expect folk to, 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 you know, sing your praises and to pump you up and to, to, to support you in your foolishness. God said, you have got to raise up to the standard that I created. And the one thing I learned from that experience is that I become common to my siblings. We all grew up together. We all had some very similar experiences. We all love each other. You know, when we get together, we go back to, you know, I go back, I say Abington Don. I go back to Abington Don. And God said, I pulled you out of that. And no sooner than I thought I was about to get to a point, God said, uh-uh, uh-uh. You, you, you think you're going to go there, but I got something for you. And that was a very valuable lesson that I had to learn through that experience. But nonetheless, I was sharing, you know, some of the hurt that I endured during that transition period with my mom because sometimes I just don't understand. I'm like, listen, cut it out. Just stop. Let's let's move forward. Let's do stuff. Y'all being counterproductive because you want to be angry. You know, let's at least let's talk about it and and come to, you know, a conclusion. But if you don't want to to be productive, I can't have nothing to do with it, but I was I felt like I was in between a rock and a hard place because I saw my mom suffering and I wanted to help her. And then, you know, you got folk over in her ear because they're so envious of what God has blessed and what he has given me to do when I never looked at it like, you know, it's me. I knew for a fact it's God. But, you know, they in her ear, oh, she doesn't, she doesn't. Uh, canceled this lady, you know, and and things like that, and and riling her up and upsetting her, and not understanding that she are she is nearing the end, and that gossip and that mess and that hatred and 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 envy and all of that stuff, it does nothing but cause trouble in her mind. And of course, I didn't know what was going on until I knew, until I figured out, and 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 one of them even had the nerve to say. Oh, I guess mama was waiting to transition until you brought this lady back. I said, what the demon devil is that? (laughs) But that's what the enemy does. I'm keeping it real. I'm being transparent. When they are out of control, they are out of control. And the enemy can use any and everybody that he wants to because he sees the anointing. He sees the call on your life. And they don't know it. They don't know why they hate you so much. They don't know why they allow themselves to try to attack you. They don't understand it because they don't have the spiritual maturity to see the things that they are doing. All they know is this is the code of conduct that we have established as siblings. <laughs> but nonetheless, I want to move on from there uh, and just share. But the purpose of me sharing that is that it, irrespective of the attack that you come under, there is a 
uh, God has given us an assignment and I'm and and I'm very sporadic in telling that story. So so I don't want anybody to listen to my podcast, which, by the way, I want them to start listening because I'm telling you, they're going to get some breakthrough. <laughs> they're going to get some breakthrough. They continue to listen. But I um, I share that. Uh, in a fragmented way. And one day, as, as the Holy Spirit continues to heal my heart, I'll be able to talk about it in its entirety because I want I want God to heal broken families, to heal dysfunction. And sometimes we sugarcoat stuff, not just about others' behavior, but we sugarcoat it about ourselves. But we got to have an honest conversation because the standard by which God has called us to has nothing to do with the cultural norms or or, or the, the norms within our family unit. It's about his word. What does his word say? And if his word reflects uh, iniquity or, or um, um, sin in my actions or my behavior, I'm just as wrong as anybody else. So we're going to talk about it in its entirety, but I wanted to raise it up because even in the midst of that experience, God was calling me to holiness. He was calling me to holiness and I just could not meet the standard. I'm telling you, I got so mad at them folk. And and so I had that along with somebody had stolen my identity, tried to get loans in my name and all kinds of stuff. And I was so hurt. I was so hurt. Because I said, how can you, I know y'all wouldn't do it to each other. How can somebody do that to me? And I, and, and let me be clear the way that I said it. I don't believe any of my siblings did that to me. I do not believe it. And I, but I do believe, and I could be wrong, that they are aware of more of, of what could have happened. Rather, you know, vicariously through something or somebody, whatever, you know, and I could be wrong. And I'm probably wrong. <laughs> But if not, it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. So, um, so, so with all of these things, it is not an excuse to not come up to the standard of holiness. When I started, I, I asked the question, is holiness still the standard? Is that God's standard concerning his people? And the answer is absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. God is calling us to a place of holiness. Holiness. It doesn't matter if you're not comfortable with the term. It doesn't matter if you're not comfortable with the lifestyle. Listen to me. Because once you hear it, you can't unhear it. <laughs> Y'all better be careful. Y'all better be careful listening to prophetess. Because God will hold you to account for the words that he has allowed to come through my mouth as a mouthpiece of God. Holiness is the standard, the standard by which all of us have to live by. I remember growing up in the church, uh, the the elders would say, it's either holiness or hell. I told y'all. I grew up in the uh, Church of God in Christ. That's where, that's where I got my spiritual wings, so to speak. And what I mean by that is, you know, when I started out as a babe in Christ and started growing in developing my relationship with Christ, the elders would say it's either holiness or hell. 
And when they talked about holiness, they talked about not just the, the behavior, you know, wearing the lipstick and, 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 and long dresses for women and, and for the men, you know, not lusting after somebody's wife or daughter or whatever, you know. But they, they, they talked about having a pure heart, having genuine love for the brethren, you know, holiness, holiness, holiness. What I've noticed in our society today, and I'm, I'm about to look something up real quick. Uh, a lot of prophets, a lot of self-proclaimed uh, men and women of God will cause you to believe that holiness is not required because they want to build their platforms. They want to acquire a following. And not too many folk going to follow you if you tell them that, you know, that, that fornicating that you're doing, whether you are heterosexual or homosexual, God said that's wrong. That drunkenness, you want to you wanna teeter along the line of, well, I can drink, you know, in moderation. No, baby, use a drunk. Smoking that weed and, 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 and popping those pills, that's not holiness. Now let's get to the other side of it. Carrying hatred and, and, and contention in your heart towards your brother, that ain't holiness. And I, I did a, a um, podcast once and I talked about we got to be careful that we know the word because the enemy will deceive us. Now we, we ought to forgive. We ought to love, but there's nothing that says that you need to uh, uh, be abused or continue in abusive relationships, but there's everything that says you got to love them. (laughs) You got to love them. So if you ain't able to love, baby, and I'm talking about through your actions, not just your words, because love is an action. If you ain't able to love, you you better get it right. You better get it right. All right, so I wanted to look up the word of holiness. Holiness, the word says that holiness is a life of holiness and a total devotion to God. A life of holiness or a total devotion to God. It talks about sanctity, godliness, divinity, I read somewhere else it says God's holiness is his defining characteristic. It's a term used in the Bible to describe both his goodness and his power. It is completely unique and utterly all-powerful, radiating from God-like energy. In fact, God's holiness is so overwhelming that it can actually be dangerous to approach. (laughs) What is the primary meaning of holiness? It is the quality or the state of being holy. It is the quality or the state of being holy. Holiness is the sovereignty of, Acknowledging the sovereignty of God. 
the Hebrew word kadosh, kadush, I always need to look them up before I say it, is an adjective meaning holy, and it's a noun and a and it has a noun and a verb form, holiness and sanctify. Holiness and to sanctify. These words are used in the Bible. Throughout the Bible, we are instructed to practice holiness. To practice holiness. What? How do you practice holiness? You have to first understand God's holiness. You got to understand his holiness. So in order for you to understand his holiness, you got to get into his word. You have to get into his word. I told y'all, we got some of the most prolific, uh, uh, biblically illiterate folk walking around here, ministering the word, seducing the people into believing that God is pleased with their behavior. And God said, no way, (laughs) no way. So last week, I, um, my, my company had given me an opportunity to participate in a week-long um, conference uh, at this convention center in Las Vegas, of all places. Now, I remember a time in my life, I said I would never go to Las Vegas, and I never go to uh, forget where they do uh, Mardi Gras. I know it's in Louisiana. Um, oh, Lord, he going to give it to me. Um, but but y'all know, y'all know where they do uh, Mardi Gras at uh, New Orleans, New Orleans. I said, I never go there and I never go to uh, Vegas. And it just so happened, uh, my husband's niece on her 50th um, birthday, she decided she wanted to go to Vegas and my husband wanted to go. So I went on, but that time I didn't have a good time I just it's it's something about that area I mean they call it Sin City for goodness sake and um, in New Orleans then my baby moved to Louisiana to to go to school so (laughs) I said okay but nonetheless okay my job sent me to this uh, week long um, conference and uh, one of our vendors uh, was the um, was having a conference, and the theme was digital transformation. And uh, everything was centered around the technologies that they're producing, uh, as well as the tools that they have and that they offer. Uh, and so every day I was going to uh, the seminars and the different breakout sessions, and I'm telling you, I was so amazed. It don't take much for me. I love mental brilliance. I love intellect. I love innovation. And I'm just like a kid. When I see those things, I get so, um, you know, just amazed. I, I'm, I think about my grandbabies. Anything, something happened, it amazed them. They, they show it. And they express it. Wow, that's amazing. That's great. You know, their vocabulary to express their excitement is just through the roof. And um, But anyway, so I enjoyed the conference, but coming outside the conference, and like I said, that's going to be another one of them topics that I'm going to talk about, you know, further in its entirety. I just don't have enough time today. But during that time, once I um, was able to pull away from the conference and really start seeing a peek into uh, this city, 
I'm telling, listen, I was walking around in the uh, convention center. We were at the Mandalay Bay uh, Hotel and Resort, and it's got a casino in there and a convention center, uh, and and, um, it's massive, it's huge on the inside. I mean, it goes miles and miles, you know, from one end to the other. And, uh, and so walking through there, they had their casinos and folk were getting drunk and, you know, smoking and, you know, you got to go from one end to the other and, and just experiencing all of this. And when I had a chance to get out and, uh, and actually explore with my husband because I felt so bad he had come with me and I couldn't do much with him because on another note, I'm going through this darn uh, perio menopause and that I'm, I'm just going to leave it right there. Many of you all know what I'm going through. And so to, to the point that I've had to have uh, uh, iron infusions because my iron is so low you know, because of what's happening in my body. So imagine, you know, I'm going through what I'm going through and uh, and my iron is low and all of this. So, you know, I didn't get to spend as much time with him as I wanted. So the last couple of days, I said, well, let me do something, you know, to spend some time with him. I know he was so excited about coming. And, um, and so on the last day, he had to drive me around because I wasn't in a condition where I can just walk, you know, walk the strip. And when I tell you, I saw naked women walking down the strip, and I'm talking about fully exposed, right? Nakedness, uh, you know, small thong underwear and pasties on their, you know, bodies. Y'all get the image. And 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 drunkenness and, you know, just, you know, just a lot of stuff that... Just looking at it from the onset, it's ungodly. And see, we try to sugarcoat stuff and say, you know, because we don't want to offend nobody. Baby, you better tell somebody, I'd rather you offend me and I go to heaven knowing what's right than you not offend me and make me think that what I'm doing is okay. But as I was in the midst of experiencing that, I heard the Holy Spirit say, holiness is still right. Holiness is still right. No matter what we see with our eyes, no matter what is going on in our society and our communities, holiness is still right. And that is the standard by which God is calling us to. We do not have a choice. We listen, listen, we think we got a choice, but the choice has already been set. God gives us free will, so we have the ability to go in one direction or the other. But the the standard has been set, and the consequences have already been established. So you thinking you upset with prophetess because I said something about popping pills or drinking alcohol or, or, or living in fornication. You upset with me of who she thinks she is, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she, she judging, she, you know. No, no, baby. I say it because I love you. I say it. I struggle in areas of my walk that God has to constantly correct me. I have to constantly be course corrected. Listen. When people look at me, they say, I don't know how you deal with such and such after they did you so-and-so way. 
How, how, how do you do that? You just always, you know, love folk and blah, blah, blah. God works with me. I thank him for the anointing that he has given me. And when I say anointing, I mean power. I mean the, 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 the uh, label. When you are anointed, you are labeled, you are set apart. You are classified in this area. I thank him for the anointing and the ability to love others, irrespective of who they are. But prophetess struggles. I struggle because I got that swift mouth. (laughs) You know. I'm probably uh, one of the most sensitive people you know. Folk don't know that. I'm so sensitive because I just love and I want to be loved. But God gave me that. And I have to protect it. When I feel myself getting callous towards people and and not, not hateful because I don't hate anybody. But I'll get to the point where I cut, I, I cut you off real quick. And God has to course correct because that ain't holiness. That's not holiness. He is calling us to the standard of holiness. And we have got to meet the call. We've got to meet the call. And while we out here walking around thinking that we got a choice because we don't have immediate consequences of our actions, y'all better listen to what I'm telling you because no sooner than you hear it, God will hold you to account for it and you're going to see you're going to see especially especially those who who God has called in this hour in this season he needs you he needs you on post so he's going to begin to correct you and to chastise you until you get to where you need to be and where you need to be is in a place of holiness Holiness. We we chase fame and fortune and, and material blessings and happiness. Not understanding that as Christians, and I'm speaking to Christians, I told y'all God called me to leaders. He's called me to leaders. <laughs> and every one of you who are under the sound of my voice is a leader. And as a Christian leader, we must strive for holiness. But you got to first understand where it comes from. Holiness comes directly and exclusively without any type of of, uh, adage. It comes from God. It comes from God. And in order to understand his holiness, you got to understand him. And some of us walking around not able to be holy because we don't understand God. And therefore, we don't look at his life to understand how to implement holiness in our own life. I'm not saying that we can be perfectly holy because in my uh, uh, opinion, and I could be wrong, Perfect holiness is not going to come until we reach heaven. But we can strive for holiness in our lives, and it takes dedication and discipline. Dedication and discipline. 
God is absolutely perfect. He is perfect in every way. He's perfect in love. He's perfect in mercy. He is perfect in angel. Uh, anger. <laughs> he is perfect in anger. He is perfect in justice. He is perfect in everything. Yet we have to understand that his perfection is directly connected to his holiness. Understanding holiness, we have to understand God's holiness first and know that he is without temptation and without sin. In John 1 and 13, the word of God says, God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. Side note, don't believe nobody when they say that God is tempting you into sin. He ain't got to do that. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So the things that he does and desire, it may not always make sense from our human perspective. But being a believer means that we have to trust that his actions, his commands, his desires are all what? Perfect. Even when we don't understand it, his actions, his behaviors, his desires, his commands are all perfect. Perfect. That means without flaw. Holiness is a character or an attribute of who God is, of his character. Um, I, I said this before. You know, God is a spirit. And, and we try to contain him in our own understanding. But when I think about God and where the word of God says God is love, I think about love being the very essence of who he is. We are human. We are human beings. We are spiritual beings. But God is a spiritual being who is love. He's holy. He is holiness itself. He's the very essence of holiness. Nothing in this world or beyond is more holy than God. Holiness is only fully embodied in God. We know and acknowledge that God is like none other. That his holiness is the root of of all otherness. So in in other words, to say it in in a different way, that God is holy And his holiness is something that we can't even comprehend or contain in our minds. That as man, we can never be perfectly holy and we can never be as holy as God. 
but we seek to emulate his holiness. Because he created us in his likeness, and that's a key point because I shared how you can simulate something, but it is impossible to replicate anything that you cannot emulate. And in order to emulate a thing, you have to at least have the source of that thing flowing through you. Because then it allows you to reproduce. To simulate something is almost like, you know, having a mirror reflection. I can look in the mirror and I can see a perfect replica of the coffee cup setting on my table. But if I go and try to reach through that mirror and touch that coffee cup, I'm I'm not going to get it. Because I'm simulating that thing. I'm not emulating that thing. Whereby if you have the source of, I love those um, 3D makers. <laughs> you, you, you can put the, the, the schematics and all of the, uh, what, what I'm trying to say, all of the different um, points to, to, to get you a perfect replica of that thing using a part of the source. I can emulate God's behavior because the source is in me. The reason that they had issues in the Old Testament is because the Holy Spirit was not dwelling on the inside. They were simulating the behavior and they continued to fall short. But they weren't emulating the behavior. We have to reflect on God's command to holiness. He is commanding us to holiness. We ain't got no choice. It, it, it may be overwhelming. It may be something that we feel like we just cannot live by. But have comfort in knowing that if God called you to it, if he commanded you to do it, he's giving you everything you need to reach that standard. And that means in more practical terms, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you. I often hear it said that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And as much as we hear the voice of the Lord, he, God's not going to overwhelm you and beat you up to do what he called you to do. <laughs> you keep not listening to his voice, eventually you won't hear it. But I need you to know that God has commanded us to holiness. It's not, oh, I can be holy if I want to. I'm, I'm living by grace so I can be holy, which we're going to talk about that too. Grace keeps you in a posture of holiness. It don't mean you can do whatever you want to do. Leviticus 11, 44, God says, For I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy. For what? 
I am holy. 1 Peter 1 and 16, he reiterates, he says, be holy for I am holy. Those are instructions. That is a command. You got to understand how God is moving in your life. You got to train yourself to trust in God and never give up hope of, of heaven. Because that's the hope that allows you to be anchored, anchored in this world and, and grounded in this world that allows you to pursue holiness. You can't be walking around here thinking, oh, well, is heaven real? Is this something beyond this earth? You got to know that you know that you know. And because holiness is the standard, we must continue to strive for holiness in our lives. We got to have a thirst and a hunger after righteousness so that we can live holy. We have to daily prepare our minds and our hearts. <laughs> We got to stop with all this moralism. <laughs> Thinking that we, if we follow some set of rules or rituals, that we live in holy or we're being holy. God said, cut it out. We think if we pray in public or if we, you know, try to act a certain way in public around others, that we're living holy. No, God wants you to be uh, laid out before him and honest and transparent about the areas that you struggle. <clears throat> if you cannot love your enemies, you can't <laughs> live holy. God has set us apart and now it's time for us to set ourselves apart. You cannot live holy in sinfulness. You can't be holy if you don't know how to practice self-control, temptation that you allow yourself to be around. Listen, you cannot be holy if you continue to condone and, 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 and tolerate sin in your own life. You got to learn how to die to self. You got to learn how to love who you are in Christ, but die to self. Holiness impacts every area and aspect of our lives, from our social relationships, from our uh, parental relationships, from our, you know, sibling relationships, to our business relationships, our employment, our food, even in the way we eat. Come on now. Even in how we pray, holiness is there. God is calling us to holiness. It is still his standard. It is still his standard. Do not allow these false prophets, preachers, ministers to lead you and seduce you into believing that holiness is not required, 
that you're living by grace so you don't have to live up to the standard. Listen to me, and I want you to hear me clear. They'll be burning right next to you in what is to come in hell. You better get away from them and you better live the truth of the gospel. <laughs> it's a lot of people out here who, who claim to love God. And they say that they are filled with the Holy Spirit because they speak in tongues or they understand uh, 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 God's word. But in essence, they despise God's heart and who he is. They despise holiness. I'm trying to get y'all to understand that, that holiness without which no man can see the Lord. No man. And when I say man, I mean human. So that could be female or male. <laughs> In other words, you got to look at it like this. A lot of your favorite gospel artists and preachers, they're going to be right in hell together because they did not demonstrate a heart of obedience to holiness of Christ Jesus. We get so fixated on talent and, and the things that we become common with, but that stuff does not matter to God in the kingdom. He doesn't value our talent or our abilities over uh, our holiness. And if you think that, that means you don't know him. <laughs> you, you, you better get to know him because there's going to be a lot of people a lot of people who are in hell thinking that they are on their way to heaven. Matthew 7 and 21 warned us. The word of God says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. 22 goes on to say, Many will say to me in this day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in the name, and thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. <laughs> but he turned and he told him in 23, he said, And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me, ye that work iniquity. ye who work iniquity. Many of you who are listening to me today, you, you, you have bought into the lie that the enemy has told you that because we are living by grace, that holiness is not necessary. A lot of you don't fully understand what, do, what is it meant by holiness or hell. I told you when I was growing up, I heard it all the time. Y'all can accept the fact that we should be holy as God is holy. But y'all sit up and struggle with sin and God's love and salvation and making the decision to live a life that is holy. I know and understand that it's hard to reconcile 
the word of God. When the word of God tells us that we're saved by grace. And then the Bible instructs that it's holiness or hell or it infers that it's holiness or hell. Listen to me. I remember my first pastor, Pastor Ginyar, he used to always say, I'd rather live my life. (laughs) I'd rather live my life and come to the end of my life as if I'm living holy and on the path to heaven, living right, walking in obedience, and die, and there is no heaven, that to live my life in sin and rebellion against God and die and find out that there truly was a heaven. And now I am permanently separated from my God because my destination is hell. He would say those things and I, I inferred it my own way, but he would say those things and it, it, it means so much. So in other words, I'd rather live holy, <laughs> die, wake up, and realize that, hey, hey, I, I, was, I wasn't right about this thing, than to live a life of a sinner and really, truly go to hell. That's enough for me to live holy. That's enough for me to live right. That's enough for me to kill this flesh every day, every morning. God created grace that we may be able to experience holiness. Somebody once said that grace is the antidote for iniquity, the thing that restrains us from living holy. Hebrews 12 and 14, it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. We know that without holiness, we will not see God. Matthew 7 and 23, it says, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. We're going to call on him and say, God, we worked miracles in your name. We did so much work in your name. He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Iniquity, it separates us from God's holiness. His grace continues to work in our hearts. We're not perfect. But we have to understand grace. You know, the way that we learn about grace, we think grace is just favor. It ain't just favor. It's power. It's power. He has given us grace, which results in the power to love him more than sin. We got to reevaluate what grace is. Grace comes to give us the power to love God more than we love sin. The issue comes into play when we reject his grace and we choose sin over the love that we ought to have for God. 
We choose sin and the things that lead to sin. We choose iniquities. And then we continue to choose iniquity. And life gets worse and worse for us and we wonder why. But his grace leads us closer and closer to God. And God loves us so much that he has given us grace. Grace says, I love God and I want to please him. Now, I'm not saying that we're perfect. I fall short almost every day. (laughs) And now now that my kids done become adults, sometimes they, they get a kick out of pointing out how imperfect I am. So, so we fall short, but his grace returns us back because grace says in all of my flaws, I want to please God. I want to please God because I know and understand that iniquity will lead me further and further away from God. It will lead me further and further away from God. Because one thing for sure, God is not going to dwell in a place of sin and iniquity. He's not going to do it. It doesn't mean that we have to fear every little thing I do, am I going to go to hell? Or doubt, well, if God created a hell, he must not love his people. (laughs) No. He gave us grace to make a decision between holiness or iniquity. We know that judgment is going to come. And it ain't going to not come just because we don't believe that it's true. Y'all can find countless scriptures that talk about iniquity. And that will give you the parallel and the help that you need to live a life that's holy. But you got to put the work in. You got to get into his word and get into his presence and and really allow yourself to release, be transparent. You can't lie to God. I mean, you could try, but he already know everything. Sometimes when I struggle, when when people pierce my flesh and, and hurt my heart, And I'm like, Lord God, (laughs) I have to be transparent. God, I'm feeling this way. I know you said love them, but I feel this way. God, I need you. He said he'll be our strength in our moment of weakness. God, I need you to take this, this burden, this heaviness of unforgiveness off of my heart towards this one or that one. I don't want my heart to be callous against Humanity. I'm telling you, I started going into such a dark place that my heart started to become callous. And I went before God one day. I'm telling you, I cried out and I just broke down before the Lord. I said, God, if I got to feel every emotion, my God. Mm. If I got to feel every emotion, I don't mind. Because don't let my heart become callous to where I can't feel at all. 
not having the ability to empathize with people, to have compassion, to have love towards people. My God. Mm. But holiness, holiness, iniquity is an invisible virus and it leads to sin. The symptoms, the symptoms that we experience through sin, which eventually leads to death. We, we hear so much about this um, COVID and all of this stuff, how you can just get it. <laughs> y'all should have seen prophetess when I had to get on that plane. I said, I, I ain't fooling with y'all or y'all COVID. I had on a big old uh, face shield and uh, uh, air circulating, uh, air air filtering mask. I walked up in there. My son told me I look like a Power Ranger. <laughs> but I wasn't fooling with nobody. But but this iniquity, iniquity is a virus that leads to sin. And what does viruses do? They create diseases. And what does disease do? It eventually leads to death. But what is the antidote? What is the 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 the, the solution? What is the the power pill? You know, they they telling everybody, y'all need to go get the the shot. <laughs> y'all need to go uh, get this booster shot. Y'all need to go out and get the the COVID shot so y'all don't get COVID. The vaccination. What is the vaccination for iniquity? It is grace. Grace leads to holiness. Holiness leads to a life with God and a life with God leads to eternal life. Ask God to help you to discern the virus of iniquity. As we stay away from it, ask him to increase your desire to get into his life. For we know that his blood paid the cost. (laughs) His blood paid the cost. Some folk can't even get the the, um, uh, flu shot or, or some of these other shots that that prevent you from getting these viruses because their health plan won't even pay for it. But they give y'all that uh, COVID thing, so so ask yourself why. (laughs) But some, some folk can't even get the antidote for the viruses, but God allowed Jesus to pay the cost for the antidote, which is grace. Grace is the antidote for iniquity. And it allows us to live a life that is pleasing to God, that stands, that rises to the standard of holiness.
holiness is right. Holiness is right. So I'm going to say this and then I'm going to let you all go. But I pray that you receive something from the word and from the Lord because he desires for us to live a life that is holy. God is not going to reduce or diminish his standards because we refuse to come up. We refuse to come up. I went over the time that I wanted to, but I I wanted to take you all to Ezekiel uh, chapter 28, starting at the 16th verse. And the word of God says, By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane, out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, covering Sherub from the midst of the stones of fire. Let me let me take this into um, the Message Bible because I, I feel like it has a, a better um, articulation of the origin of uh, iniquity. What did I say? Ezekiel 28. Let me get there. Ezekiel 28. And what I say starting at 16. Ezekiel 28, 16 through 18. And so let's see. It actually starts us uh, at 11b uh, through 19. So I'm going to read it. And the word of God says, God's message came to me. Son of man, raise a funeral song over the king Tyre. Tell him a message from God, the master. And the word of God says, you had everything going for you. You were in Eden, God's garden. You were dressed in splendor, your robe studded with jewels. Carnelian, uh, peridot, and moonstone, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald, and all, all in settings of engraved gold. A robe was prepared for you the same day you were created. You were the anointed cherub. I placed you on the mountain of God. You strode in magnificence until uh, among the stones of fire. From the day of your creation, you were sheer perfection. And then in perfection, evil was detected in you. In much buying and selling, you turned violent, you sinned. I threw you (coughs) 
disgrace off the mountain of God. I threw you out, you, the anointed angel, uh, Sheriff. No more strolling among the gems of fire for you. Your beauty went to your head. You corrupted wisdom by using it to get worldly fame. I threw you to the ground, sent you uh, sprawling before an audience of kings and let them gloat over your demise by sin after sin after sin. By your corrupt ways of doing business, you defiled your holy place of worship. So I set fire around and within you. I burned you up. I reduced you to ashes. All anyone sees now when they look at you is ashes, a pitiful mount of ashes. You who once knew, all who once knew you, now throw up their hands. This can't happen. This can't happen. Ezekiel gives us the example of what happened in the original iniquity. It's the example of iniquity that was found in Satan. That iniquity that was passed on to Eve in Genesis 3. It's the iniquity that's evidenced and, and, and prevalent and, and uh, um, it manifests in our lust and pride. And our intellect and our brightness, our beauty, our merchandising ability, our talent. Our decisions that we make, our wisdom our ability to produce and to sell, our success that we achieve, iniquity is right there. The enemy has caused many of us to fall from our place of worship in God because of the lust of our eyes, the lust of our flesh, the pride of our lives. He uses those things against us Yet God sent us grace and favor and power to obey his will, to live lives that are holy. Lives that separate us from the world. Separates us from lust and pride. To walk in obedience and humility and a complete dependence on God. I really honestly pray that my words have given you some insight into what God has commanded for us. He has commanded holiness. He has commanded us to live a life of righteousness. Jude 1 and 22, the word of God says, And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present your faultless and to present you faultless. Before the presence of his glory and exceeding joy. To the only wise God and Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power before now and forever. Amen. 
God has given us power to meet the command that he has placed on on our lives, the command of holiness. It's not going to change. We must submit and walk in obedience to his will. Father God, I thank you and I lift you up even as we conclude this word for the day. Father God, I pray that it reaches the hearts and minds of those that you intended it to reach. Father God, help us to walk upright and to live holy. Help us to be righteous in your sight. Help us to kill off this flesh daily and to seek your face, your instruction, your direction. For Father God, we love you. We adore you. We magnify your name for your name is great. And it is greatly to be praised. We accept and receive your gift of grace as the antidote to our iniquity. Father God, we thank you for allowing us to have grace to teach us how to love you more than we love sin. How to pursue your will more than we uh, succumb to iniquity. Iniquity we accept as the virus that creates the disease of sin that leads to death. Father God, we pray today that you will save us, God. Sanctify us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Let us walk upright and holy in your will. Father, we love you. We adore you. And we magnify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. We seal this prayer this evening, I mean this morning with our faith. And we ask, Lord God, for immediate manifestation of your glory over this prayer and that you will dispatch our angels to do that which you have commissioned us to do, commissioned them to do in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. And I want to leave you all with this, something that God has pressed upon my heart. That God is not a God who views life and death the same way that we do. Life is a blessing. Death is a blessing. And God doesn't see it like we do. Our days are numbered according to his will. We're not going to leave before or after he His sovereign will allows us to. I am of the belief that as a Christian that is saved by grace and someone who has been in relationship and walking with God, that I will not leave this earth unreconciled to him. Yet, my days may be numbered. (laughs) I can leave today or tomorrow. Or 20, 30 years from now. God does not view time the way that we view time. That's why we have to make sure that our lives line up with this will. Holiness is right. Holiness is right. I pray to see you all on Tuesday. We're going to come together in prayer. And Thursday evening, we're going to come together in Bible study. And on Saturday... We're going to be worshiping, and I'm praying, listen, I'm trusting God that we're going to have a building, we're going to have a sanctuary, a place to come and gather and come together. We're going to do this thing, and we're going to do it his way, in Jesus' name. All right, I love you all. Go off and have a blessed day and a glorious day for his namesake. 
Love you. Bye-bye.